What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple H podcast. Happy Hour Hoops. It's Steve. It's Jake. It's myself, Donnie. And today we have the Southwest Division. More previews. That just means we're that much closer to the NBA season. Guys, I'm hyped. I uh, I think it really hit me. And oddly enough, it hit me during the first Sunday of football. <laughs> I the the one o'clock game started kind of slow, and I would be lying if I said I wasn't sitting there thinking a little bit about the NBA and how that is, you know, super close. And I think I I wasn't realizing that mentally. Some slow football was able to put that in my brain, and I'm excited. How are we feeling today, boys? I'm feeling good. I mean, similar to you, Donny, right? I, I talked about last week, the fall sports season. This is when it starts. And it kind of, you know, it hit me a little bit, but it hit me today, Donny, because today is the start of the WNBA playoffs where the go. Aces playing little Chicago. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to sit down, watch some good WNBA basketball and have that carry over into the start of the NBA season. Because this is really, for me, like, all right, these are the games that, you know, start to matter, and then we're going to get right into the NBA. And I'm not going to lie, too. Like, just last week, you know, the Atlantic, like I said, kind of straightforward. We kind of knew, for the most part, what the teams are going. I'll tell you what, guys, and this might be a little Mavs bias coming here, but I am so, so excited for the Southwest this year. I This is really just going through the division this week, looking through the teams, looking through the moves. This is where I was like, oh, I can't wait to have my heart ripped out when Dwight Powell plays 30 minutes a night. I cannot wait for some Southwest basketball. Well, you're going to have it. And we're, we're, you have a whole show talking about it, so that's going to be awesome. And, yeah, Jake, Jake, where, where are you at? How, how much do you love the Southwest? As much as Steve, you hype for basketball? Whoa, 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 whoa. I can't be possibly match Stevie Southwest, all right? I can't possibly <laughs> levels. But uh, yeah, this I was same thing as you, Steve. But I was finally digging in last night, looking at all the moves, looking at the rosters and everything. This this might be my league pass like division yeah, this year. With, with the, thunder, the amount of thunder I'm gonna watch is gonna be sickening for one thing. Like it's just gonna be thunder's northwest. Home city. No, no, I'm sorry, not the thunder. Um, the the Spurs. I'm thinking. I'm oh, just yeah, all yeah, yeah. I know what you're thinking of the Spurs. The Thunder, my darling, last year, that's where I'm trying to get to. The, I'm, I had my darling of last year. My darling this year is going to be the Spurs just as much as everything else. It's going to be sickening how much I watch of the Spurs, almost as much maybe as the Thunder last year. The the, the Rockets, the moves that they're going to be able to um, – just what we're going to be able to see from them with their young players and everything else. The Mavs, the melodrama that we are that we are going to possibly see. I think no matter what, it's going to be interesting there. But there's a lot of combustible elements within that division. Um, there's just a lot of interesting things. And when I haven't even brought up Zion Williamson, who remains one of the most interesting people in the NBA. So a lot of talk around there. Yeah, well, we... We're going to dive right into that soon, but let's start how we always do. Some news and notes. There's some good. There's some bad. Uh, there's some ugly, actually, in the news today, too. We'll, we'll, we'll start with the bad, or we'll start with the ugly, actually. Um, Kevin Porter Jr. has been released 
by the Rock Cut released. I don't know the, the correct terminology there, but he is no longer a Houston Rocket. Um, he was charged with assault and domestic charges against his alleged girlfriend. And the Rockets, I, th- I think they even released him before the um, before he was actually charged, just probably to avoid any drama there. But yeah, Kevin Porter Jr. no longer on the Rockets. We're going to have that full breakdown because we were talking about the Rockets today so we can you know see what the, the roster looks like without KPJ. I would probably guess that he doesn't see another roster um, for the rest of his life in the NBA. Yeah. yeah. Good riddance, good riddance, right? Yeah. Like, see, see another, and he, honestly, like the Rockets, very exciting team, though. This is a very exciting team. We wanted to bring this up so then we don't have to say it when we talk about the Rockets because yeah. there's a lot of exciting young players and get exactly. Kevin Porter Jr. out of the league. And Jake mentioned it, you know, before we hopped on here, he already had his first strike in Cleveland. This strike is, you know, could have been a one and done regardless. No, no room for a guy like KPJ in the league, unfortunately. So, got the ugly news out of the way. Next piece of news here uh, is a new rule that was brought up last week, not by us, but by other media outlets. And we actually talked about it amongst ourselves in our group chat. And we are very much in favor for this rule. I think most NBA fans are going to be in favor for this rule. I think probably fans and owners are going to love this rule, and I think players and coaches might hate this rule. But there's a new rule approved today that you cannot rest two stars in the same game. A star constitutes as someone who has made an all-star or an all-NBA team in the past three seasons um, and yeah, this is basically just to avoid teams tanking. Um, it's, uh, you know, basically the best, if you're unfamiliar with this, the best situation to point to is Kawhi Leonard and Paul George with the Los Angeles <laughs> Clippers. I mean, Kawhi has done it on multiple teams now, but though that duo is um, definitely the most guilty of this type of thing. And I think Kawhi Leonard is is usually a name that people point to when you're talking about load management, resting, sitting out of games, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, I mean, we're we're all in favor for this rule. Yeah, all in favor. I mean, we're fans, right? We want to see the stars play more. That's our thing as fans. I have two things on this. The first one is because I didn't see it, but do we know like what they consider resting because I could see a workaround here, right? Where the star starts the game, plays a few minutes, and then he's never seen again. Um, we've seen that, you know, kind of before, like in an all-star game, right? Like where Giannis will have played for a minute and then he set out the rest of the game. Like seeing that in a regular season sense would kind of defeat the purpose. So that's a little concern. But overall, um, I, I like the rule. And, and my second thing, too, is I was surprised. I think over half the teams in the league fit this criteria where they have two, quote, unquote, what you call stars for the all-star all-NBA. So it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I think we're going to get a lot more competitive basketball in the regular season, too, which is really nice because um, we'll, we'll see these games that maybe they're like, oh, we don't want to play both of our stars up back-to-back. You're going to have to choose one of them. And we'll probably see these teams that have the two, quote-unquote, stars stagger it a little bit. But my biggest thing with it is, like, what are they considering rest, right? 
if they don't play the entire game, that's rest. But it's like, can teams work around that where their star plays like five minutes? That's yeah. where I'm a little concerned. Jake, what are your initial thoughts here? Yeah, there's got to be something like a minute, minute minimum, or I, I don't know. You can't, you can't get a DMP. You can't have him have play one minute though and be like a thing. Right. I, I mean, I don't know if this is gonna work, but it, it's a positive. <laughs> it's a positive step. I think teams are gonna get really creative with their injuries and injury designations and what they consider injuries, and it's just gonna be a push and pull. But they had to do something, right? And. Yeah. Um, had different conversations, group chats, friends, everything today. And it's like, you know, attendance is all that was record setting last year. Everything else, like people worried about, well, what if, you know, we have to play one of our stars in game 80 for no reason. And then he gets hurt because of this rule or whatever else. Mm -hmm. So there's legitimate concerns of like competitive balance, I guess. But when it comes so to two sides, a business standpoint, I don't care if you're on top right now. You can't be complacent if you're if you're the NBA and it's terrible PR. Like the kid that flew from Brazil to see Jimmy Butler and he gets scratched late because he doesn't want to play. Like those things cannot happen when you're trying to grow an international fan base and people are spending, you know, hundreds of dollars and planning months ahead to go to these games. They have to get you have to return on that investment. So, yes, right now. People are shelling out money and attending games and doing all this. Um, but the usually when people start, when the when consumers start like losing trust in what they're doing, it does it the results don't show up right away. It's like a trailing thing. So the NBA needs to be ahead of this rather than behind it and trying to chase it. And I think this is a way to try to get ahead of it. Second point, the TV networks are definitely the ones pushing for this more than anything. Attendance is fine. If teams are happy with attendance, that's one thing. But you know who's not fucking happy about Jimmy Butler sitting that game is TNT when sure. they have him on a Thursday night or ESPN. And there is a nice, a rights negotiation coming up in about next year, two years. They're actively negotiating with ESPN, Turner, NBC, Fox. So they need to this is a this is kind of like a bargaining chip for them in this regard like hey we're trying to get these stars to play games like we want this there this is a billions of dollars on the table for them so i understand mm -hmm. trying to do something but i still think the players are going to try to find their ways around it too and so it's going to be there's going to be some drama with it during the year for sure yeah two things that came to mind initially for me one is I think more players are on board with this than the league likes to let on because, you know, I'm exposed to the Celtics uh, a lot more than most just because I'm a fan of them. But Jason Tatum actually has a really cool and always has had this is, you know, as far as I've followed him or as long as I've followed him, he's had this view. But he has a pretty cool perspective about, you know, not load managing, not resting. And it's for the same reason I think Kobe used to talk about it. Like, and Jake, you just mentioned it. Like, people fly all over the country to come see NBA players now, or they spend, they save up all year to see one game. And if they go to that game and Jason Tatum, for example, isn't playing, that sucks. So he's at a camp or he's talking to a high school team or something, but he's, you know, basically telling these kids who are the next generation, like, if you're available to play, you should be playing. And I think a lot of players in the NBA share that. So hopefully this new rule, along with guys who maybe silently shared those thoughts, it will get the ball rolling on this thing and we'll see less of the load management, less of the useless resting. The other thing is 
you know, as far as TV ratings, this is good for. It can also be beneficial in the gambling space, too, because how many, you know, obviously not everyone gambles on the NBA, but the three of us do. And there's a whole world of betters out there. And this is, you know, something that gambling sites and whoever can get rid of a lot of the stuff that's not clear before game starting because you have a guy in Kawhi Leonard or Jimmy Butler, like you said, who is completely healthy on the back-to-back the night before, but then sits because, you know, they have a tough road trip coming up. Line moves, you know, people already invested their money throughout the week. They lose it, whatever, you know, it's gambling is already a slippery slope. And then you add in things like this. So I think it can be beneficial in a lot of different ways. I'm sure there are coaches and players who are not going to like this rule. And I'm with you, Steve. I think there's going to be – I think the the rule book on this rule is going to need to be pretty lengthy yeah. for it to actually serve its purpose. But we'll see. I think it's a step in the right direction. I think it's it's something that probably needed to be done or at least needed to be addressed. And the league doing this, um, yeah, I think it's good. I think it's good for the league. Next piece of news here, Team USA. This is this was the, the bad part of the news. We had the ugly. We had the good. This is the bad. Team USA loses to Canada. They couldn't even get a bronze medal. But LeBron spoke out. He said he wants to play for Team USA in 2024. Could we have a new age dream team next year? And the only other thought I want to leave you guys with before you respond to this or what your guys' thoughts on it are. Imagine a world where LeBron James and the Lakers win the championship this year and then he plays in FIBA and then gets a gold medal for Team USA or even just like is absolutely dominant for Team USA. that that might be where the the Jordan LeBron conversation is at is at its tightest, and he has the the Jordan fans up against the ropes. But that was that was just my first thought when I saw his his quote on this. But I mean, obviously, Team USA is super disappointing. This is a cool idea yeah. if all all the older guys just come together and play play one last time. What do you guys think? I think it would be a cool thing to see. Um, I think this is kind of. Maybe not necessarily a wake-up call, but just kind of showing that, you know what, maybe the U.S. should try to put its best product out there for basketball in these world competitions. And I'm not saying it was a bad team. There are a lot of good players on this team. This team probably could have won, but we had a lot of guys that weren't playing that are super, super stars that missed out of this team. You talk about LeBron, Kevin Durant's another one that wasn't playing for it, right? Steph Curry, guys like that, it's like – we didn't put forth our best product and maybe not even getting a bronze medal take tell the guys, hey, like maybe we should play. And I think, Donnie, to your point, if LeBron is the one who's the leading force for this, one thing I will always credit LeBron, he's very influential. If LeBron wants to do something, yep. everyone else is going to follow suit. So if LeBron is like, hey, I want to do this, I want to buy in for like a dream team type scenario, I think that would be great. And I think it would get a lot more people caring about this for USA basketball than most people normally do. Because I'll be honest with you, obviously, but the time the games were played made it tough too. But this was nowhere near as much in the media or as talked about as it would have been 
if LeBron was on the team or if Kevin Durant yeah. was on the team, guys like that. It just kind of flew under the radar. You know, obviously the basketball, basketball fans cared about it. But other than that, it just didn't really matter. And, and I think that's an issue when, you know, this is a, a world-type tournament. LeBron joins the team. I think they would fall like dominoes. I really do. If LeBron's the first one to go, I think everyone else follows suit. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Jake? I, Steve said it perfectly well. I mean, LeBron seemed like he just dialed everybody up on his on his <laughs> cell there. like Just was like, hey, we're locking in next year. And everybody followed in. I mean, it was it's pretty tough. I don't care. It, that roster should have won the gold medal, like yeah, he's yeah. F- far and away. And so something went wrong there. A lot of Steve Kerr uh, discussion happening. I, I think that's pretty fair. Five guards in the overtime period against Canada, um, a team that didn't rebound all tournament. There, you know, whether it's a flawed roster or not getting the guys to buy in fully, something there was some kind of disconnect that I haven't seen in a lot of even bad FIBA years. It wasn't. It wasn't like this. So um, maybe it's going to be a player-driven thing, and that and that'll be it. Or uh, maybe maybe Pop's got to come back out. He's just like, you know what, Steve, I left too soon. <laughs> got to come <laughs> back for the got to come back for the Olympics. Come take it back over. Um, I don't know, but it was it's definitely discouraging to see. But that we know the talents there. We just need to get them get them all aligned to get them going. Yeah, and I think there's even a well, two things. I think it's hilarious that Trey Young is probably somewhere just rubbing his hands together, loving that Team USA missed the third place mark because he, he thought he should have rebounding. True, that's true. He wouldn't have done that, but I I know he's out there being petty somewhere, and, and he thinks that he could have made an impact regardless of if that's true or not. The other thing. Yes, LeBron. I mean, if LeBron does play FIBA next year, that'll be awesome. Same with KD, same with Steph. I also think there's a group of U.S. basketball players between, you know, the ages of those guys and the guys on the team that even would have been a step up. Like guys like Tatum, who, and Jalen Brown, who have both been on Team USA before, but, you know, didn't didn't play this year like i think obviously the fans want guys like lebron and kd to be out there but i i even think just like if a few other guys had stepped up and i'm with you jake i think this roster should have won regardless but i do think there's you know if if people are going to finger point i think there's more so to do to point at than just guys like lebron i mean 38 year old lebron might have a better excuse than anyone to not play but i get it and if he says he's going to, that'd be awesome. But yeah, we'll see with Team USA. It, it was super disappointing. You mentioned it, Jake. Something just seemed off. Like watching those games, it was like, okay, yeah, like you're in a tight game with Germany, and and why is that again? Like right. you you guys constantly cook Dennis Schroeder when you play him in the states, but now you can't keep up with him in, in a in a FIBA game when you have the best of the best in your, in your starting lineup. Obviously, we know it's not actually the best of the best, but it's still yeah. an all-star studded roster up and down with one of the considered to be best coaches in the league. So, yeah, some, something's not right there. Maybe Coach K will make a return um, as LeBron does to Team USA and things will get right. But for the time being, we wait. 
And someone someone who's not eligible for Team USA had some interesting comments right before we uh, hopped on the pod here. NBA on TNT released a quote from Giannis before or from today, I believe, on somebody's podcast. Sorry, I'm not crediting them. I I didn't get it when I took down the quote, but Giannis on his future with Milwaukee says, if there is a better situation for me to win the Larry O'Brien, then I have to take that situation. He said before that I am in Milwaukee right now, but I am also a winner. And then followed it up with what I just said. If there's a better situation for me to win that Larry O'Brien, then I have to take that situation. Where are you guys at with Giannis? I mean, he kind of made comments like this um, a month or so back. And even last offseason going into last year, he made some weird comments about where he didn't know where he would end up. I think Chicago and New York Knicks fans all thought, you know, they might have a shot at Giannis. The Knicks think they have a shot at everyone, so that's not a surprise. But where are we with Giannis? Do do we think he's in Milwaukee come 2025? Yeah, I do. I, I, I do. I, I'm like – with Giannis's comments, it's, it's one thing. I just don't – he doesn't seem like that guy where he's actually – this is more of, I think, him telling Milwaukee, like, get some players with me. I don't think yeah. Giannis actively wants to leave Milwaukee, but I think he's getting tired of the whole same deal where Chris Middleton, who's been – you know, not healthy and inconsistent. Drew's all right, but he's getting older. And then you got Lopez. And it's like you, you need a little something else. Milwaukee's bench really hurt them this season. And I think it's just Giannis basically telling the Bucks, like, listen, like, I've been loyal to you my whole career, but if, if it doesn't change, you know, I will explore other options. But I also think, too, like, I don't think Giannis is actively trying to leave Milwaukee. I think this is just the classic superstar put some words out there like, hey, just to let you know, just to let you know, yeah. like, I'm not locked in, locked in. Like, I'll, I want to be here. I want to play here. But if there's a better opportunity and you're not going to do anything about it, because here's the deal, right? If, if there's a team that wants Giannis and maybe it's a better opportunity and he kind of, like, considers it, Milwaukee's going to do everything in their power to keep him there. So I think that's all the comments are for. Mm-hmm. How about you, Jake? Uh, I think that that is what the comments are for. I think everything you're saying about the roster is right, and that's why I think that it's way more serious than that. He is uh, he's up for an extension next summer. So they, if yep. he does not sign that extension, then you have to trade him. That like That's basically where we're at in NBA circles yep. at this point. And I don't know if they have any avenues to get the team better. Like they need to improve it, but they traded all those picks for for yeah. True Holiday. Like this is mm-hmm. really the team. And this, depending on how it goes this year, I still think I'm still very hot. You guys know how high I am on this team this year. And it's mostly because of Giannis. But I mean, I, there's a there's a hundred percent a world where it doesn't go as well this year. That extension's on the table. They don't have an avenue to get better. And he's like, hey. And he's doing. And I don't think he's at that point right now, like you're saying, Steve. But he's definitely putting the pressure on, and he's yeah. definitely he is very calculated. That man, he's not saying that, and, I, and he says what he means too. So I mean, yeah. they need to consider that. And you you mentioned the Knicks. You meant uh, you mentioned the Bulls. The I'm sure the the Lakers would somehow try to throw their hat into theirs, whatever way they could. 
Um, there's all every team that can possibly try to trade for Giannis would. Um, but yeah, I think the pressure's on Milwaukee because it's an aging roster and he's got an extension due at the end of the year. So he really holds all the leverage at this point. Um, so it's going to be going to be interesting. Winning cures all, though. Yes. It sure does. I'm I'm really torn. I think I tend to have some of the same thoughts as Steve where he is kind of just nudging the organization to get a better roster. But I'm with you, Jake. Like the ro- the organization also is kind of in between a, a rock and a hard place with this roster because they made some monumental moves and they're not the Los Angeles Lakers who can go out and make these big roster changes, trade all their youth, trade all their picks, and get a guy that helps them win the championship, like both franchises did. The only thing is Los Angeles can recruit whenever they want. Any big free agent is going to take a look at the Los Angeles Lakers. That doesn't happen with Milwaukee. Why Why is this? Why did was Milwaukee able to get a championship with Giannis? Because they drafted him. And he was a homegrown talent. Guys like Giannis Antetokounmpo don't just walk into Milwaukee in free right. agency. Yeah. So it it's interesting because when his contract is up at the end of the 2025-2026 season, he's an unrestricted free agent too. So it I don't know. It's interesting. I think I wouldn't be surprised if say he doesn't sign a deal when he's eligible for an extension, I wouldn't be surprised if the Milwaukee Bucks trade away a 31-year-old Giannis just because of what I started this with. They know they're not going to get any big-name free agents. You know, maybe down the road, they're able to transform this organization and in years from now, Milwaukee is a free agent destination. But it's not right now, and I don't think it's going to be in the next couple of years. So I wouldn't be surprised if Giannis grows frustrated. They don't win another championship. You know, both sides can agree. We're going to trade you. We're going to get everything we possibly can before we get nothing for you. You go to maybe a preferred destination. Maybe, that you know, they have a list of teams that he wants to go to. They get a haul in return. And Giannis tries to win his Larry O'Brien elsewhere. It's definitely, you know, if you're the organization or if you're a fan of the Bucks, it's probably not the best thing you want to hear. I think as for this season, it's probably not much. Giannis doesn't strike me as a guy who, you know, maybe he has these feelings. I'm sure I'm sure he's saying honestly what's on his mind, but I don't think that's going to hold him back from putting 110% on the court like he always does and trying to win a championship this right. season. So I think if you're a Bucks fan – you know, worry if you think you're going to have Giannis for the next eight years, because that might not be realistic. But I wouldn't worry about this upcoming season. I would, if anything, I'd be excited. You're still going to be one of the top four teams in the league or projected to be. So interesting, though, that like this is the third time since Giannis has been under contract where he's at least like hinting at the idea of going elsewhere. It's definitely, definitely should make you feel a little strange. But as far as next season, I'm not buying into it all that much. I think, if anything, things start to fizzle out after a year or two and and a a trade's agreed upon. But uh, time will tell. We'll see with Giannis. We'll see with the Milwaukee Bucks. They should be excellent this year. But we're not talking about the East. 
we're talking about the West, specifically the Southwest. And let's just start with, I mean, honestly, there's a lot of complicated franchises in this, in this group, but let's start with uh, a team that has some newcomers, some guys who are going to be suspended and some great defensive talent. That's the Memphis Grizzlies. And their over-under win total for next year is 45-and-a-half wins. I am hitting the over button here. Where are you guys at with the Memphis Grizzlies? Keep in mind, John Morant, 25-game suspension. I'm not telling you guys that. Of course, I know you guys know that. But over. The, over. the fans, don't, the, the listeners might not know that. Steve is with me in the over. over. I, I think it's the easiest over in the entire division, if I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's the easiest over. I think Morant's there's one out other 25. that's easier, but I'm with you. I think it's Morant's easy. out 25, and they get a, a good guard in Marcus Smart, who's going to be exactly what they need of a defensive guard, where you have a great scorer in Desmond Bain. People forget Jaron Jackson Jr. was not healthy at the start of last year. He's healthy now and playing some of the best basketball he has, especially at the end of last year coming into this offseason. This is this is a good team, and you talk about their young players. David Roddy played a little good, pretty good in spurts. Santi Aldama played a little bit better. Like they got, they got a, not a bad team. Everyone loves Kenny Lofton Jr. when he mm-hmm. had a couple games at the end there. Like they got, they got guys coming off the bench with a, a very nice team. Obviously, you have Derrick Rose, who's you know a little past his prime, but you know he's there as well. Got to mention Derrick Rose. We can't talk about team without mentioning Derrick Rose. But I think this is a good team. I think this is a better, more balanced team than last year. And I also think, too, this is kind of a uh, – I don't want to say last chance for Ja, but it's like he's, it's pretty much his last chance where 25 games are up. It's either Ja's career is going to be over because he's just going to have keep having off-court distractions and getting in trouble, or he's going to come back after these 25 games – and play like an MVP for a very, very good basketball team. I think this team is going to be one of the best defensive and offensive teams in the league. I think they could be top 10, potentially top five in both aspects of, of the game. So I, I love the Grizzlies, and I don't get to how we had all everything that happened with Ja last year. They had 51 wins, and then the line comes out at 45 and a half. I don't get it. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Just give me the over. I don't care. Jake, I'll I'll fade you both. I don't care. There's no way I'm taking a team in turmoil to to win over 46 games. I'm sorry. This division's better. This division's better too. So I'll take them at 45. I'm not saying they're going to be bad, but I think they're a 44, 45 win team. I like the line right where it is. I can't see. I know that they were better last year. I know the record they had without Ja last year. I know that he's going to come back, and I'm sure he's going to be excellent when they come back. I just don't think they. I don't think that they've got a handle on the whatever the hell was going on there yet this year. I don't. At least they have. Like, there's clearly some deeper issues going on. So I don't really trust the infrastructure of the other teams that I'm going to pick probably to go over be, to kind of compensate for this in this division. But hey, we got to take some swings somewhere. Uh, I'll I'll take the under on this one. But I wouldn't be surprised if they go over. This is still going to be a solid team. And if they all they have to do is make the playoffs. If they're healthy and they make the playoffs. No team in the West is going to want to see them in a playoff round. So still a really good squad, but I'll, I'll take the slate under. Yeah, so I, th- I think I'm in the, the middle of both of you. I do think if I were to make a bet on their win total, I would take the over here. 
I'm not as emphatic that I think it's going to smash as Steve. And, you know, I don't have as many worries about the off-court situations with Ja and whoever else on this team. I, you know, I think it's obviously a worry, but I think that's part of the reason you bring in a guy like Marcus Smart. I don't think there's a young point guard in the league who wouldn't want to have Marcus Smart as their mentor. And I think he's a, a no-nonsense guy, and he came into the Celtics organization with that, and he left with it. And he's probably, you know, I, I think from the day he got the call, was like probably excited to take John Morant under his wing. So I think, you know, Celtics bias, I think Marcus Smart might be able to to fix Ja in that sense. And if not, I think Marcus Smart's going to be a great replacement for him when he does miss those 25 games. So I'm excited. Uh, I, I think the, the roster hopefully is better. I think they'll be a bit healthier. I know Steven Adams missed a lot of time last year. Jaron Jackson always misses time. Brandon Clark um, missed time too. All the big guys yeah. missed time last year. Um, I think they have a good mix of young and veterans, young young talent and veterans on this team. So I, I like Memphis to hit this over, and that we we can move right along here to most likely to win MVP from this team. I'm just gonna. I don't think anyone could win MVP from this team if I'm being truthful. So I'm just gonna say Marcus Smart just to be fun. I think Ja probably would have the best chance, but I think with him missing the 25 games. Right. I don't think that's possible. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going smart. Yeah, I'm kind of right with you, right? It's hard to pick Ja when he's going to miss 25 games guaranteed, and we don't know after that what's going to happen. Um, I'm going Jaron Jackson. I think he was the best yeah. defensive player, one of the best defensive players in the league, and we saw him slowly start to improve his offense. I think if I don't think he has a chance to win MVP from this team, but if there's a chance to be the Grizzlies MVP this year, it's Jaron Jackson. I mean, I think he can take that step off offensively. Like we said, the they're they're a little healthier now in the front court, which is going to help Jackson too. And I think if they play small, he's going to be the five, right? If they play big, he can be almost like a stretch forward. I, I like I like Jaron Jackson here. I think he's in for a really big year. It could be Ja if they start off slow and like sure. he comes back and then he just tears it up and brings them to it. That's really the sure. only thing. I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to be about 500, though. You're, there's no possible MVP, like league MVP. Right. I think both your cases for JJJ Grizzlies and uh, yeah, Grizzlies MVP are, are good. I'm going to go with an off the board pick here and go with Zaire Williams because if that dude turns into something and he's shown flashes but if he turns into an actual something then they really don't have to worry and this team's going to be a lot stronger there's not a lot of other like surprise spots you can look for from like a guy who could pop this year and 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 like take some load off of bane and whatever uh marcus smart's gonna have to do scoring the ball and everything else so just that that's an interesting one this roster when you still look at it i mean they're just going to be a pain in the ass to play no matter what. <laughs> with, with or without John, they're going to be a pain in the ass. So I think a lot of people could be the MVPs. I think this is just going to be each night somebody else is going to be stepping up for them. Yep. Yeah. So next, I think, would be most likely to be traded here. I Mine's Desmond Bain, and that's just because 
for whatever reason, I didn't really understand it at the time. His name was floated a bit in trade rumors at the deadline last year. I remember when Grizzlies fans thought they were getting Jalen Brown. His name was a, a big part of the package that they would put together to send to Boston. And I think Desmond Bain is just such a rarity in the NBA, but also a type of player that every team wants on their squad where he's very strong, can defend on the wing, and he's also can just be a scoring machine on any given night, even when John Morant is playing alongside him. So I think, you know, more so other teams' interests in Desmond Bain would make him the most likely to be traded other than Memphis actually wanting to get rid of him. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I went with David Roddy, but you could just exchange it for David Roddy, Santi Aldama, Zaire Williams, any of their like 22, 21-year-olds with potential. Because the, the fact of the matter is I think this Grizzlies team is a win-now team. I know I'm very high on them, but I love their starting lineup, and I love their depth, and they have a potential super, superstar returning in 25 games. So – when I think of most likely to be traded, I don't think this team would even blow it up, even if they do start bad without job, because they're young. They're still a super young team. The core is still young outside of Marcus Smart. The only reason I say David Roddy is because maybe there's an odd man out. Maybe it gets a little cluttered at the guard position, or, you know, they have a couple other guys who have stepped up because they got, I think, Josh Christopher too. And it's like, you know what? Yeah, they do. We're just going to take someone who played a little bit pretty good last year. He's on a rookie deal, and we're going to trade him to bring in a vet to help this team for the playoff run. So that's why I have Roddy. But like I said, you could exchange it with any of those guys there because, I, like I said, I think the Grizzlies have a lot of depth of good young role players. Yeah, I'm – I'm with you. I think that I like the. I don't know if there's going to be a move that they look to make this year. I think they're going to want to see their team once Jaw comes back. But I'm with Dunny. I think it's Bane, if anything. I think yeah. that's and it's just a it's trade and it's a trade to maybe get another star if there's an opportunity for them. Like make a send now move if you Do think. Do you not think Bane can back. become a star though? Do you think the Grizzlies like could? Because especially without Jaw, Smart is not going to be that guy who's going to dominate all the mm-hmm. offense. He could. I don't know how much I like Bane yet for like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I want to see, I, I'm really interested in the Grizzlies for this 25 games because I think we're going to learn a lot about, especially Desmond Bain and especially Jaron Jackson Jr. Cause these are two guys. Mm-hmm. I still have a lot of questions about, I mean, even Jaron Jackson Jr. Gave me more questions after what we saw from team USA, like just yeah. being in that kind of competitive environment, the Anthony Edwards chirp, you know, getting out rebounded. He's really the only big body. So He's going to have a lot of haters coming into the year, too. How does he respond? Bain, like you're saying, if he has that superstar ability, he's going to want to try to show it. He's going to definitely be their number one option. So we're going to learn a lot. I think he could do it. But also, if there's a chance to, you know, for them to trade for, I don't even know. I don't know who an example of this would be at this point. But if there's somebody, a wing or somebody else that they think they could, you know, maximize a window with Ja and he's and Ja is behaving and they feel good about it. They might feel more urgency because of it. So, I don't. I don't think Bain could be a, a star. I honestly, and you, you know, this might be harsh. I, I think I've seen enough with Bain. I think he's a very good player. I think any team would be lucky to have him. I think I've just seen enough where I don't. I don't, especially without Ja on the court too. I don't. I don't think he's a guy who can lead a team. Uh, I think he's very gifted offensively. I think he's very strong on the wing on both sides of the ball. 
But I just not nothing stood out to me where I'm like, if this guy was alone on like a 20 win team, he would be this, you know, amazing talent where he, he could average close to 30 um, and be a playmaker as well. That just doesn't I don't see that in uh, the range of outcomes for Desmond Bain. I think I, he's a fantastic scorer. Though. Agreed. I think we'll learn a lot with 25 games with Marcus Smart because I think that's going to be the best, like without having Ja, to help Desmond Bain take the yeah. step if he can. I think he could certainly be better this year than he's been for yeah. sure. Um, Star, I, I don't think I could put him into that category. I'll go quick here with best and worst case for Memphis this year. Best case, Smart and Jaron Jackson Jaron Jackson Jr. are both all defensive first team players, which I think is possible and would just, I mean, especially in the absence of Ja to start the season, if both these guys are just defensive forces, which they've both been in the past, and they somehow are in sync and can both be vocal leaders for this group while Ja misses time, I think that would be incredible. Worst Worst case scenario for this team, it's I mean it's it's right it's right there. It's, it's so obvious. obvious. John makes another off court mistake, and you know his career with the Grizzlies is done, and maybe even his NBA career, depending on the severity and how hard Adam Silver wants to crack down on him. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of similar with you. Best case scenario to me, you guys could call me crazy, but this is an NBA Finals team. Uh, I think best case scenario, Jay, you have the defense with Smart and JJ. John Morant comes back, plays like an MVP. You have that. Desmond Bain, great secondary scorer there. And then, like I said, I think they have probably the deep, one of the deeper, youngest, fastest benches in the entire league. And these guys start to play like how they've shown flashes of Roddy, Williams, Kenny, all these guys. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say that's the best case scenario. We could see the Grizzlies representing the West in the NBA Finals, and the worst case scenario, John has another Instagram live video with a gun, and he's not playing basketball for the Memphis Grizzlies anymore. And Marcus Smart just doesn't really bring anything offensively. JJ doesn't really take a step, and Desmond Bain doesn't take that leap. And they're like, we gotta trade him. That's really all it is. I mean. Kind of like you. It, it all relies on Ja for worst case scenario. Just just stay out of trouble. We know you're good at basketball. So just be good at the other thing. You know? That's it. Yeah. You took the words out of my mouth, Steve. I think that they could either they could be NBA champions yeah. or they could blow it all up. Yeah. I have no idea. That they are that's why they are, if not top five, the most interesting team of, oh, of yeah. the whole season. Because there are so many ways this could go. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I kind of mentioned it at the top, but I feel like this whole Southwest division is filled with question mark teams. But also the question mark, part of the question mark is excitement. Like, I think there's a lot of exciting yeah, teams sure. in this division. And oh. a lot of teams that, like, if they went either way, you shouldn't be surprised. And that is a great segue for our next team because <laughs> the Pelicans – I have no idea about this group. It's it's really hard for me to get a, a grasp or a feeling about about how I feel about the New Orleans Pelicans. Their over under win total for next season is forty three and a half, and I'm taking the under there. I, I don't know where you guys feel about the Pelicans, but I just think they had so much promise last year. I was so bought in. 
I think as long as they roster Zion and as long as he doesn't show me that he's on the court and keeps having these obviously not nearly as bad as the drama that Jaw has off the court, but he's got some of his own drama off the court as well, and that's the most I've heard about him, and it's not basketball-related. It's tough for me to get behind this squad. Um, so I'll, I'll take the under there. I think the West will be as competitive, if not more competitive, than they were last year. So I just like the under. I hate agreeing with you, Donnie, but I'm probably going to agree with you. Before we get into this, I think they had 42 wins last year. FanDuel is criminals, all right? FanDuel, you are a bunch of crooks. Last year, I was putting in all my win totals, and in every single one, the top is the over, the bottom is the under. And if we recall at this point last year, no team had more hype than the New Orleans Pelicans. Everybody, everybody was taking the Pelicans over. It was it was stupid. Everyone was hitting the over. Well, guess what, FanDuel? You swapped it. They had the only team in the NBA where it was swapped, where the over was under the under. So you're blindly putting in all your win totals. I put in the Pelicans under by mistake. And guess what? It cashed because FanDuel's a bunch of crooks and they couldn't get away with it because the under still hits because Zion can't stay on the court because the team exactly. chemistry is terrible. And I'm taking the under because of that reason. I don't think we're going to get a full season of Zion. I don't think the chemistry is good. I, I don't think they like each other. I'll be honest. I just don't think a lot of a lot of the guys on the team like Zion. And, and if that's the case, I can't really buy into that team, especially where I think almost every other team in the division improved. And then the last thing I'll say, because I've been on these two players as just darlings since they came in the NBA, Trey Murphy's out 10 to 12 weeks. Yep. Ray Murphy is a huge critical piece for this team. He can stretch the floor. He can shoot. He can play defense. That's a big loss. That's especially a big loss when Zion was out. He was the guy who's like, if we want to play small, I can fit in at the four for Zion. Now you don't have that. Now you're relying on a guy. And I think your two best stars, Brandon Ingram and Zion, just don't like each other. So I'm going to fade the Pelicans this year, take the under, and I'm going to double-check fan duel when I put that win total in to make sure these crooks didn't swap it again. <laughs> that's that's crazy. I did not know that. that only team. So only team last year. Dude, so I'm going through it. I go, go, why did I take the Pelicans under? Sure enough, fan duel had to swap it. Get out of here. Man. Oh, man, that's Come on, crazy. FanDuel. Um, Be I, better. I'm taking the slate over. Everything you guys said is true. And yet I'm taking – this is a bet on Bandon Ingram. I don't care if Zion gets traded or not. I think they can win. I love this line. First of all, I feel like they're a 43-39 and 39 team, honestly. So I, I'm I just think they're like, right at the number. Yeah. I, I know. So yeah. I'm like, if they can win one more game, and if I think the Grizzlies are going to lose like two less games than that, like that's really like a thin margin I'm going with. But I'll take them there. If, if Zion – it's really like the potential of Zion. I know that it's ridiculous to even think about it at this point to trust it at any point, but if they are on the court for 70% of the season, this team, like they have looked like one of the best teams in the Western conference at multiple times over the past year. I mean, like, we know how they started off the season um, starting off hot when everybody was healthy. I think Ingram, I think Ingram might still have another level. I know Herb has another level to go. I love see, like I love this team. I really do. I don't know about the chemistry, like you said. Who fucking knows where Zion's head is anywhere at? But I think maybe they could still win forty-four games. I don't feel good about Memphis or New Orleans at all. Like there's so many unknowns. These are like two of the totals that I've looked at that I'm just 
throwing shit at the wall. Like, I'm just, we'll see what happens here. The only other thing I want to bring up, too, that I don't think anyone really talks about because no one talks about this guy, but Jonas Valanciunas is 31. He's starting to get to that age now mm, where we may not see a full season I was gonna bring that up. health, fatigue, and I'll tell you what, if if Zion's out and Jonas is out, it is not looking good in the, in the front court after those two. So that's the only other one, too, Like, because no one ever talks about that guy. He just kind of shows up and does what he does every night, but... 31 now he's starting to get up there yeah he yeah he did he's a good player he's another guy no one talks about you know just a good player he's very good love no larry nance jr love oh oh, god cody zeller and larry should never should never be in the same sentence that should never that should never be in the same Cody Zeller, love Love to see him sit on the bench that's about the only sentence with love for cody (laughs) zeller I'm sure the Pelicans would like to do that too if they could. Yeah. They don't um, want to play him. Yeah, M- MVP and most likely to be traded. I'll I'll give them to you guys as a package because they're the two best players. MVP. I, I mean, it's Brandon Ingram. This guy is. I saw something the other day, and I I think this is a little out of touch because I don't think he's close to the player that Tatum is. But it is kind of crazy how good Brandon Ingram is and how, you know, good – how close he is in age to Tatum and everyone's like, oh, Tatum's still so young and he's a rising star. But then, no, it, like, Brandon Ingram doesn't get that same love. He's, like, half a year older than Tatum. And people are like, oh, Eng- Ingram's already in his prime or already missed his prime. And here he is, 26 years old, and he's still getting better every season. So – Easy answer for MVP for me is Brandon Ingram. Most likely to be traded, probably just as easy, if not easier, of an answer is Zion, right? Steve mentioned it. There's probably some, you know, it's becoming a locker room cancer at this point, how little he's played. We've heard it from a few. We've heard, you know, rumors from a few players being upset about this. And then just, you know, how patient can the franchise be with a guy like this who, they spent huge capital on. They've tried time and time again to get him back on the court. He says he's not ready. He gets mad at the organization. It's a whole thing. He doesn't end up playing, and they miss the mark year after year. And it's it's a guy who has a name and talent that t- shittier teams in the league are willing to take a risk on. So I think Zion's the easy most likely to be traded. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, Brandon Ingram, you brought up Jason Tatum. I don't think these guys play similar styles, but Brandon Ingram's like Pascal Siakam to me in the West, where it's just mm-hmm. a guy who can do a little bit of everything that is just super overlooked, super underrated. And he's someone that you guys know how much I love Pascal. It's Brandon Ingram's one of those guys, right, where you have to watch him play basketball. Like sometimes box scores, you're like, oh, he played a good game, but it doesn't do it justice until you watch his game. And that's kind of why I fell in love with Pascal. I started watching more Raptors games and watching him play and be like, oh, he can run the offense if he needs to. Oh, he can create his own shot. Oh, he can go to the rim. That's Brandon Ingram. That Like Brandon Ingram can do all of that. Um, so it'll be interesting. Even if Zion is trader is no longer there, I, I would love to see a full season of Brandon Ingram being the guy and most likely be traded is obvious sign. I'm not going to repeat anything you said because you made good points. Zion's going to New York Knicks because they're desperate and they're willing to take on his 10 million pounds of baggage. Jake. Jake. 
<laughs> You're muted, Jake. I, I got nothing to add to that. I got nothing <laughs> to add to that. I mean, it's pretty pretty straightforward. Ingram has to be Ingram has to be the MVP. Zion, he might be out the door before the season starts. Who knows? Like it could be any moment. I feel like it could be now. It could be never. Um, best case scenario for this team is Zion's healthy. Yeah. And they make the conference finals, right? Like that's best case, yeah. worst case. They get they, they play well together. Game. Yeah. <laughs> like it's the same as before. I feel like yeah, we like this team. Ceiling. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. like this roster. Like it's a it's a fun roster. It's pretty much the same roster as last year. We like this team. We love their role players. They just gotta all play together. We haven't seen them play together for more than what a two-week stretch. <laughs> Feels yeah. Like- <laughs> I think the best and worst case scenario we probably all have. We don't like to put injuries in this, but best and worst case is everyone's healthy for this team, including Trey Murphy is just as good when he comes back. Yeah. Zion's healthy for the full year. And worst case is, you know, Ingram doesn't progress and people aren't healthy. Yeah. And and I I think Zion becomes a locker room cancer, right? Where it's like really vocal of, oh, they don't want to play with Zion. He's checked out on this team mentally. That's worst case. And last little nugget, I think CJ McCollum is one of the guys who's rumored to be growing frustrated, and you Mm -hmm. don't blame him. He's, you know, you you talk about Valanciunas being 31 years old. McCollum's 31. He came here thinking, you know, this is is his time after leaving Dame Lillard, and he gets a, a new beginning with a couple of young rising superstars, and stuff hasn't panned out for him. And McCollum hasn't played bad since he's been in New Orleans. So, it, you know, if anyone's growing frustrated, it's probably one of your better players on the roster. Mm-hmm. You probably want to be able to button these things up and make it work. Who knows if that's going to be the case for the Pelicans. But that is the New Orleans Pelicans. Me and, uh, me and Steve both under here. Jake has the over for the win total. And we're moving right along to the Dallas Mavericks. Another very interesting team. Stub- more troubled stars on a roster. Or I should say star. Luca is not troubled. We're talking about Kyrie here. He's a sweet little innocent boy, all right? <laughs> He's just really good at basketball. The over-under of win totals for the Dallas Mavericks is 45 and a half. I don't like saying this, but I'm taking the over here. I think Luca takes another step, which is very hard for even me to believe. And I think... As long as they keep Kyrie on the team and he doesn't shoot himself in the foot, I think they I think they can find things that work. I also think that they low-key improve their roster in a very good way this offseason. And it may be even flying under the radar about how much they improved. But I, I like the over for this team. So they, have, they have the star power. And I do think they took some steps in the right direction this offseason. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to take the over. I really don't, but I probably yes, have to. I really don't want to. <laughs> but, like, it, because I know, I know, like, I feel like this is a 42 win team. I really do feel like it's a 500 win. But I, I will take the over. I guess I'll, I'll go glass half full approach here. I think they had two really, really good picks in the draft for what they needed with Omax and Derek Lively. I really do. Um, they re-signed someone to start at center that we're not going to talk about at all. I'm not going to mm-hmm. mention his name. But it, hopefully, if all goes well, Lively will be the starting center sooner rather than later. 
for this team. And I think he's going to be great for them because he's going to give them exactly what they need as a defender and a rebounder down there. We'll see. The offense has a long way to go. He didn't score very much at all at Duke. That was never really what he was hyped up about when he was a top prospect. Um, so for everything else, it's like, all right, we got a full season of Luka and Kyrie. Let's see. Like uh, when they're on the court together, that's one of the best duos in the NBA. You can't argue that. And they have a whole off season to play together to maybe have the chemistry be a little better. Not the, you know, pass back and forth 45 times because neither wants to take the last shot because they're trying not to be the selfish ball hog. But they got the talent. They do. They have the talent. They have the young players I like. I really liked the draft. I don't think these guys are either going to play, but I loved Mike Miles and Jelly Walker from uh, for the uh, unsigned free agents. I thought those were two great additions. I don't know if they'll play much, but I really li- I like the direction they're going with the guys they're bringing in. Grant Williams should help this team a little bit too. I think Grant Williams is the kind of type of player they need coming off the bench, type of player they'll need if they want to play small who has experience, who can give you defense, give you offense. He can actually shoot a three, not like, you know, I'm not going to mention his name. Um, but uh, I I got to take the over. I don't like it. I don't want to because I, still there's a part of this team that rubs me the wrong way. But I'll I'll take the over. Just go 42 and 42, 40, I don't know. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll gladly take the over because there's no way Luca can – have as tumultuous of a year as he did last year right he has to bounce back he might end he was in mvp conversations going into last year and no one's putting him in those i mean maybe people it's it doesn't feel like he's getting that same amount of excitement this year and i feel like he's he's a guy that is gonna bounce back i would be very hard pressed for me to think he has two poor years in a row the Kyrie thing i mean who knows we'll see how it goes but if they're on the court together, Grant is a great addition, like you mentioned. This team is better than they – it looks better on paper than they did last year. I think they have a bounce back year. I think they could win 47-48 and be a four seed again, three seed again in the West. Really do. I, I hope you're right. And and it's funny, too, because we say poor year for Luka. You had 32-8 and 8. Like, that's, yeah, that's the, exactly. like, level he gets to. It's like, oh, Luka had a down year. He was 32-8 and 8. His shooting splits weren't the best, but it's just hilarious. It's like, yeah, exactly. Luka played great. He went 32-8 and 8. It's all relative, <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly. Compared to what um, we've seen him do, for sure. Like, no, and I, no, I agree. And there's still another level. Like you said, Duddy, there's another level there. There, There is. Like, yeah. It's, it's which Probably is scary. what you're saying too is the efficiency, like, and especially if he becomes like an elite shooter, like, I don't. There's so many different things that he can improve on that I feel like he is going to still in his career. And, so, and I know Kyrie can be, you know, distraction diva, whatever you want to call him. I think having a full off season together is going to help immensely for Luca and Kyrie's chemistry this year. It that's part to. of the reason why I would take the over too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just just, you just getting that camaraderie, right? getting that chemistry. You just never know. <laughs> yeah, it's something we do know about is that Luca would be our MVP pick for this team. That's obvious. My most likely to be traded would be Kyrie. Um, two simple reasons: Kyrie has requested trades on multiple teams and <laughs> has been the reason for teams getting blown up. And the second reason is Mark Cuban is a very proactive owner. And I think if he realizes that 
bringing in Kyrie was a mistake and Kyrie asks him directly for a trade. I don't think Mark Cuban's the type of owner that would hesitate to do so. So uh, both things are pretty easy for me. MVP, Luca, most likely to be traded. Kyrie, who has asked for trades in the past. Yeah, I agree with you. I will bring up for traded. I said Tim Hardaway Jr. as well, because if you look at Tim Hardaway Jr., there's a number of different avenues where he could be traded, right? If the Mavs are bad and they need to, you know, kind of blow it up and Kyrie's maybe traded or Kyrie doesn't want to play, it's checked out. Tim Hardaway's a guy where it's like you could still get a little something back for him, right? This is a guy Mm -hmm. that playoff teams would probably want if they're going for something. I know he's 31, but he can give you some points, whether you play him off the bench or whether he's like that fifth starter you have um tim hardaway you could trade him that way and also vice versa if the mavs are like oh we got a good team this year we're going but tim hardaway kind of feels like that odd man out which it could happen if the team goes the direction they want it then you could trade him for something else you need maybe you know a piece coming off the bench maybe a pick down the road whatever it is i i put tim hardaway up there too because i think regardless if the mavs are good or if they're bad there's a situation where he could be dealt in both both of those scenarios. Yeah, I don't hate that. Jake, it's, what do you got? I mean, it's Kyrie to the Lakers is still the the trade that's that it's gonna happen at some point. Yeah, there's no. I don't think Kyrie makes it through the year. If I'm being real, I'll take the over because I think Luca can get the over. I don't think Kyrie makes it through the year. Oh, yeah. If it's the Lakers or somewhere oh, else, oh, they, they he got his money. The over, they're like, all right, get the second best player out of here. That's the math season. That's why I don't want to take money. this over. I know he got his money. I know he got his money. Kyrie's gonna get traded in November, and Dwight Powell's gonna start 82 <laughs> games. I'll be absolutely miserable. <laughs> That's the math season in a nutshell. I right, there's so no I, I can't but I, I can't I still think Luke I think that it will be a good thing. I think they'll notice it early. Yeah. Or he's just gonna ask for it early. I mean to yeah. get rid of it will be a good thing. Possibilities are endless for this Mavs team. I think you guys just got a glimpse of what Steve's worst case is, is that Dwight Powell <laughs> starts every game. Yeah. That is that is. I don't even care case. record aside. It could go 81 and one. If Dwight Powell starts 82 games, I'm still going to be upset. Should not yeah. be starting on an NBA. Which you should be. I also, I, I think if, um, you know, if, if they're smart over there, Grant Williams will, will take a lot of those minutes from Dwight Powell, which you, you already kind of mentioned. I think that will start to happen. Kyrie causes issues. I, I think this team is also kind of the same thing. Like, right? Best case, Luca and Kyrie work their magic together and they don't pass the ball back and forth like a hot potato when the shot clock or the game clock expires and, and lose games like they did last year. Um, no, they play as a, a unit and as two of the best offensive players this game has ever seen. And they become great and the Mavericks become great. And worst case, like Steve said, Dwight Powell starts every game. <laughs> Absolutely. Jake, case. And anything to add there? Or I mean, I, I assume our best case is all pretty similar. I think. How far that, do you think that this Mavs team could go if Kyrie's checked in the whole year? Because I, I, I'm, I'll be a little biased if I have to say it. But if Kyrie's checked in the whole year, the rookies, you know, Omax and Lively play like how, like they've been hyped up of the roles they can have. Where's this team going? Because I still don't think it's that deep of a team. 
a conference finals again, like a couple okay. years ago. Right. And they that. and they yeah. beat the Suns in the playoffs, so we get a Luca over Book, and he gets to celebrate oh. that. That's yeah, the oh, best case. If they ever. beat this Suns team, I'll be through through the. And roof then they get happy. smacked by the Nuggets. That's the best case scenario. <laughs> because Dwight Powell guarding Jokic is. Uh, if Dwight, if Dwight Powell's guarding Jokic, I'm not watching that playoff series. I'm just not watching it. If, if that's the five they roll out there, I'm not watching that playoff series. Meerkat would incinerate me. Yes, he would. Yes, he no would. Chance. Yeah, I, 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 as good as Luca and Kyrie both are, and if they came together and were able to put it all together, I think that's great. I still think conference finals. I think they're a move away from me being able to put them in a finals conversation if everything works out perfectly for them. But the, I, I just took a look at their roster and, and their depth it, it is pretty bad. I think they did make some roster improvements, but that doesn't mean that their, their depth got better. And yeah, I, yeah. I, I think conference finals is as far as I'll go, which I, I, I hate pretty generous to say. I hate using it as a crutch, right? But one or two injuries, this is most, a lot of teams in the NBA could handle one or two injuries. The Mavs can, the Mavs no. cannot handle one or two injuries. And that's a big red flag. Um, last thing I'll say, mortgage the future and somehow try to throw Dwight Powell in there to get Pascal Siakam, and we have a totally different conversation come playoffs. There you go. Raptors are blowing it up, Mavs. Go do what you didn't do at the deadline. Steve Steve just fixed the Mavericks. Oh, yeah. I've been doing that in way too many 2K season Sims, boys. Trade finder, instant Pascal Siakam. What's it going to take? <laughs> Yeah, we might, we might have to get Mark Cuban on the pod to uh, talk details with Steve here how to fix the Mavericks. Two teams left, Rockets and Spurs. We'll start with the Rockets. The over and under on this team's win total is 31 and a half. And this was actually the easiest one for me, guys. I'm over here. I'm over all the way here. And I say that confidently because 31 and a half games is not a hard mark to hit. Yeah, what they had twenty two last year though. They had twenty two last year. They had a couple of big additions, and I think the most notable is actually their head coach, who I know very well, and he went to the NBA finals his first year as a head coach. I think he should be able to accomplish thirty one and a half wins with the young talent he has, with the addition of a real point guard in Fred Van Vliet, and with the addition of he's not the same caliber caliber player as Marcus Smart, but he is the same kind of pest, annoying defender in Dylan Brooks. Ime Udoka has his dog on a leash that he can unleash anytime he wants in Dylan Brooks. I think this is a, a perfect mold of a team for a coach like Ime, Udo, Ime Udoka, and I, I see them passing this 31 and a half mark. I'm, I'm right there with you, Donnie. I'm right there with you. I, I think it's a huge coaching upgrade. What, however you feel about Odoka is one thing, but he's a good NBA coach, yeah, and he's going to get exactly. the best out of his NBA out of his players. And what have we been saying about the Rockets for what two, three years now? It's a fun team. It looks like a great team on paper, but they you might as well put five folding lawn chairs out to play defense with this team. And I don't think that's going to fly with Udoka. Also, the thing I'll say too is this is still one of the youngest teams in the NBA that these guys are getting better. We saw the difference in Jabari Smith from the first half of the season to the second half 
Sangoon, I'm, I, I hate saying this phrase, but he's basically a poor man's Jokic. He can basically do everything like that. Obviously not to the extent that Jokic can because he's the go at, but that's, that's what he can do. I thought the Rockets won the draft this year. I thought the Rockets yeah. won the draft. Amen Thompson, and then you still get Cam Whitmore, who people thought they were going to take when they took Amen Thompson, and then you wait, what, 15 picks later and you take Cam Whitmore? This is a great team, and I really, really like the addition of Fred Van Vliet because, like you said, it gives them some stability at the most important position on the court, the point guard. So I really like this Rockets team. I think they're going to be a fun team. Dylan Brooks, too. I think this is a great spot for him because that's what the Rockets needed, right? They needed a guy like that, a dog, a guy who's going to be physical, get in the face of the uh, – maybe under the skin of the other opponents. I think that's what the Rockets need. And also a locker room leader, which he could be for this mm-hmm. team because, you know what, the problem with Memphis, there are too many dogs barking at one another to be the leader of that team. In Houston, we don't really know who that guy is. Maybe Dylan Brooks is kind of that spark that's going to help this team – um, I like I like the over here. I've been high on the Rockets for the past couple of years, so it's no surprise here. Jabari Smith, one of my favorite uh, rookies from a year ago. I I think that I think this team is uh, it, it is going to be pretty good this year. Maybe I think they're closer to forty wins than they are thirty one. I, I really do. I, I think this is a team that could, you know, flirt with playing territory because maybe they still got a year to go, but this is an exciting team with a ton of talent. And we didn't even name the most talented guy probably on the roster, Jalen Green, who could drop 40 any night, it feels like. He's just got to be more consistent. This team's got – sky's the limit, and I'll tell you what, if they can keep the core together, sky's the limit for not just, you know, this year but going forward. I think this team's only just going to keep going up. Uh, you guys put it perfectly. I think we're all aligned here. I'm on the over too, and it's an Eme thing because I think he's an awesome coach and going to come in and, like you said, instill a defensive identity and just an identity at all with this team. Um, and they're really going to weed out like who's who, who matters and who's there. And I can't pick a Jeff Green team to go under. So <laughs> that's right. I forgot they got him too. That's a great addition for a team like yeah. this. It really is. Um, MVP for you guys. I see Steve in the dock has his guy, Jabari Smith Jr. Yeah, I, th- I think Ooh. he takes uh, a step up this year. I think we saw kind of signs of it towards the end of last year. And Jabari Smith was one of my favorite prospects in the draft class a year ago. I think he's got a the physical tools, right? He's 6'11". He's got a wingspan that's bigger than pretty much almost everyone else in the NBA. And he plays very good defense. And he can shoot. He can shoot. He shot the ball well at Auburn. It's a matter of creating your own shot, getting more comfortable at the NBA level. And I think this is a good spot for him because Jabari Smith is surrounded by guys that are going to handle the ball. He doesn't need to do any really ball handling. It's more like, all right, just go pick your spots, find your shot, and be you know a big man, kind of a hybrid big man. I, I think it's Jabari Smith. Honorable mention, Alperen Sengu, because that guy is so underrated. He's so underrated. No one gives him credit. Mm-hmm. Jake, who you got? I'm I'm excited about Sangoon this year too, but I'll give it to Fred Van Vliet because I think I like that it. like you you mentioned like it right that. at the top, Dunny. He's a, gonna be a really steadying presence. He's gonna be able to put up huge scoring games, but also just they got an actual point guard in there. So give me Freddie. Um it also lines up with my most likely to be traded to because you mentioned the guy who might be the most talented on this team, but he's the guy who's gonna have to buy in the most, I feel Agreed. like too. So Jalen Green is my most likely to be traded because he's can get well. a big package back. He's got a lot of talent. 
And I mean, if, if he really doesn't buy into Ime system, I feel like they kind of drafted his replacement in Amen. Like if they, if they really feel like, and I think they can play together too. Don't get me wrong, but um, this is a new regime in here. So then that's a guy from the old one and they could definitely, there's definitely teams who would be really interested in him, but I think it'll still work out. Don't get me wrong. I think he can, he seems like a type of guy who's willing to, to, to grow and evolve and everything. So I'm excited to see what he does, but that it's gotta be the most likely just because of the timeline. Yeah. So, my my MVP, I'm I'm with Steve in that I think if look, I don't think anyone on the Houston Rockets is winning the league MVP. No. I think if <laughs> anyone I think anyone in that conversation for league MVP, Jabari Smith would probably be the closest. I think team MVP is gonna be Jalen Green. Okay. I think with them having a legit roster now having a legit coach who gets the best out of their players, which all three of us agreed on that. I remember even the first summer when Ime came to the Celtics, there was all these reports about him taking JB and JT to the side and being like, look, this is this. You guys are it. You guys are two of the best forwards or wing players in the league. Go get what's yours. Go be the best version of yourselves. And they did that. I have a feeling he's going to have a similar conversation with Jalen Green and Jabari Smith Jr. I think Jalen Green uh, just easier when you have when you're a ball dominant guard like he is, and you have the ball in your hands most of the time. And I think he took an incredible leap last year. I mean, averaging 22 points per game, shooting just about 34 percent from three. I think that three point number could go up. Um, and I, I just love how athletic and how much of a, a scorer Jalen Green is. So I could see him being the team MVP. Most likely to be traded. I know we talked about it to get it out of the way at the top, but there has been some news developing since we've been on the pod. And Shams, this is, right? Yeah, this, this is interesting. So... The Rockets are looking to trade Kevin Porter Jr. along with draft compensation. This is a, a, a Shams report. So we you you know if you're listening live and you didn't hear, you can go back to the beginning. KPJ has has some off court trouble. He's a bad dude. And it, it was reported a few days ago that he was no longer part of the Rockets team. However, now we're getting reports that the Rockets are actively trying to trade him. Um, this is a quote from uh, a article in The Athletic. Those sources say the Rockets have contacted multiple teams offering draft compensation as incentive to receive Porter. In, de- in deal scenarios using Porter's contract, the Rockets would be using his salary to target a player under contract who can immediately or who can play immediately and help the team, league sources said. So this is just a very weird thing that's happening um it seems almost wrong that the rockets would even try to do this but that at the end of the day it is a business so if they can kill two birds with one stone and get rid of this guy who they don't want anywhere near their team and also get something in return to help them immediately i guess i understand that but for that reason just because shams broke the news while we're on my most likely to be traded will be kpj but um you know ideal scenario he's not even able to be traded and Adam Silver jumps in here and, and just boots him from the league because that should probably be what happens. Yeah, Shams, Shams doing some nasty work for agents right now to sit to push yeah. that and for the Rockets to push that out there. Uh so uh yeah yeah hopefully hopefully Silver steps in there because that would be kind of crazy. 
Right. Yeah. So that's, uh, I mean, it's, I've said it every team we've gone to throughout this division. It's, there's just very high potential for a lot of these teams. And every team has like this one, like oddball scenario that's going on um, where shit could hit the fan at any moment. And that's obviously the Rockets. And and, and I want to say with the Rockets too, which is the craziest part, they're like core five young guys are all 21 or young. And which they're is all already very good. That's and that's the craziest thing to hear, right? Because we still got so many years for these guys to grow and mature. Jalen Green, 21, Sengood's 21, Jabari's 20, and then the two young players they drafted, Cam Whitmore's 19, Amon Thompson's 20. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Half those guys can't legally drink right now, and they're incredible at basketball. It's just I think yeah, with the that, Rockets too. There's a lot of hype, a lot of potential, but patience. You got to have patience with this team because they're still young. It's still such a young team. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing too. Those five young guys you mentioned, none of them really have that many question marks either. Like you just right. expect these guys to be great um, going forward, which they probably will be. So that was the Houston Rockets. Our last team now, the San Antonio Spurs, the team. That has Victor Wembanyama. The over/under for them is twenty-nine and a half, and I'm on the Wemby train, so I'm taking the over. Thirty yeah. wins for the the most, the biggest generational talent we've seen since LeBron James, being coached by one of the best coaches in NBA history. I'll take the over, please. You you nailed it right there, Donnie. With the second thing you said, best coach in NBA history, right? Popovich with. If Wemby went in a different situation, maybe I'd feel differently. But the only thing I think that prevents this over from hitting is a Wemby injury. And I don't root, I don't root for injuries. I don't want to see them. I think Popovich's mind with Wemby. And honestly, the, the players around Wemby are not bad. They had some pretty good rookies last year. Sochan was really nice. Keldon Johnson, I think, is going to emerge. And people don't give enough credit to. I, I'm taking the over as well. 29 and a half. They had 22, I think it was, last year. Now you get Wemby. And we've been, what, preaching Wemby for feels like 10 years at this point. Um, Wemby, Wemby should be. Unbelievable, especially under Pop. I, you know how much I love Wemby, but I'm taking the under. I'll take the Peyton Manning year for Wemby in his first okay. year. I think there's going to be but some Jake, struggles. I think they're going to protect him. Oh no! Even less, even less wins because of that. <laughs> I forgot about that. Not my, two less wins. In my total. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Seti, Shudo, Seti could be unlocked. I mean, in San Antonio, it feels like the perfect fit for him. Dude, dude, you know said he's gonna go crazy in a couple games with with Pop, but no, I think I think that they're gonna be close to this total, but I think they're gonna take it slower with Wemby. I don't know if he dominates right away, so I'll take like a twenty. I'll take 26, 27 wins for them, and then next year they're gonna win like forty five. Yeah, no, I think it's a it's definitely a fair argument. I do think where I agree with Steve, there you know guys like Keldon Johnson, I do like. There are some guys that, you know, have some promise on this roster. For sure. But for the most part, if, you know, if Wemby has a slow start or if Wemby isn't everything he's cracked up to be in year one, then yes, this team could be very bad. Me smashing the over here is very reliant on Wemby being everything that everyone thinks he's going to be. There's definitely a chance where, you know, this team – 
falls from underneath them and they don't hit that that mark. Um, good thing about them is they hit what what was it you said twenty two wins last I think it was year twenty two last year, and that was and when Popovich told everyone to not bet on them <laughs> right, and they still managed twenty two wins so. Um, that was kind of my thought process. I'm very in on Wemby. They were able to accomplish that last year when things looked real bad. So, yeah, and, I, I'm probably the most excited for this team in the division also. And even though they you know, only won 22 games, I think it was a good growing season for them where we saw Keldon have to become like a D guy. Devin Vassell had like had took a big step. Malachi mm-hmm. Branham and Jeremy Sochan, which I thought were like, all right, they're going to be okay, you know, role players in the NBA, decent picks. They were thrown into larger roles because, like we said, we didn't know what this starting lineup was every single night. This was a just a random, random team at times, but they found themselves to 22 wins. And these, these are guys now who are going to be part of those role players around Wemby. So I'm glad they got kind of the extra work, the extra reps. I think that's only going to help them this year. Yeah, I agree. I love Sochan, man. I, I'm excited to to see him play this this upcoming season, especially alongside Wemby. Um, Jake, any any final words on the Spurs here? No, I'm excited. I'm really like, I'm gonna be locking into a lot of Spurs games this year because yeah. they are if even if they are not very good, they're gonna be so fun and so interesting to watch. And like you guys mentioned, the Steve Sohan. There's just so many interesting guys on this team that i'm interested like want to see how they develop i don't know how good they're going to be but there's a lot of intrigue in wemby and it's going to be worth watching just to see that and especially i mean he's going to have a couple of plays a game that are just out of this world and it's going to be yeah. worth worth seeing for that alone exactly yeah we we talked about we started the show with ticket sales and uh tv views and talk about a guy who will do a lot of that for the san antonio spurs victor wembignana we're all very excited to see him play and that was the southwest division folks a lot of teams with a lot of talent and a lot of x factors and crazy situations i'll leave it at that five exciting teams is it fair to say that five teams that, yeah. that like have excitement at least in some way or another for them All yeah those teams. that's like, definitely fair a lot of them with big changes too which is yeah. usually a, a fun thing in the nba all right that that was the southwest division folks for steve for jake for myself Follow Trainwreck Sports. Follow at Happy Hour Hoops One on all socials. And we're just that much closer to the NBA, guys. We did Atlantic last week. We did Southwest Division today. And I don't know exactly what division we're doing. Jake, do you have anything in mind yet for next week? Or are we just picking a random? We're doing the Central next week, baby. Oh, it's time. And we're doing the Central Division next week. So that's a little teaser. Make sure you tune in. And we'll see you next time. Later, guys. Whatever the number is.